This is Mission.org. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, the Vice President of Media Strategy at Mission.org. And this is the show where twice a week, you'll get VIP access into the hearts and minds of some of the most influential marketers in the world. On Marketing Trends, we'll do two things. We'll go deep on a human level, and we'll go even deeper on the nitty gritty of what makes for the most successful marketers and strategies today. I'm glad you're here. Now let's get into it. Education is something that is incredibly powerful. It changes lives, communities, even countries. But education is more than institutions. It's knowledge, empowerment, and knowing how to take action on skills you learn. My guest today, Kim Caldbeck, CMO of Coursera, is using her marketing skills to make an impact on individuals to help empower them to make big changes. We did a campaign in the fall that was about rethinking possibilities, and this year, the campaign platform that we're really working through is all about that feeling when you can ace that interview, when you know you have the skills for the job, when you realize you can actually go dream like you could when you were a kid. In this episode, she talks about what it's like working at an institution that targets nearly anyone who wants to learn. She discusses some of the marketing tech she uses, what she looks for in success stories, and how she creates and cultivates passion in her team. When you finish this episode, please let me know what you think by leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube or Spotify. Let me know how I'm doing. All right, let's get to it. Brightspot Content Management System enables marketers to launch in just 100 days. It efficiently manages marketing campaigns on mobile apps or updates investors on your corporate site, handling it all seamlessly. With over 100 plus different content types and templates, marketers can deliver a customized, relevant experience to your audience. Additionally, integrate your current marketing automations platform and SEO recommendations directly from your Brightspot content management system. Simplifying tool management. Discover more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Marketing Trends. Today, I'm super excited and honored to have Kim Kaldbeck, CMO of Coursera, in the house. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you, Jeremy. Yes, indeed. So excited to connect with you. I mean, I heard a bit of your conversation on the CMO podcast, which is really interesting. So you, you've you been at Coursera almost a decade now, right? <laughs> almost, oh my gosh, that really sounds like a long time. Almost seven years. Okay. Well, you're not... Um, you're you can round up. Coming up on 10, but you're right. Now, yeah. Okay. You can round up. Okay. Nice. <laughs> and as you know, I mean, in tech and it's like one year is kind of like dog years. Like when you've been there yes. for a year, it feels a lot longer. So, but your experience being a part of such, you know, shifts in the brand and growth and all the stuff that you go through as a leader, leading the team there. Um, so I'm I'm curious about all that stuff, but I just want to start kind of with the genesis of kind of marketing for you. Like I 
saw a bit of your background, but where did like the love of marketing start for you? Um, was it college? Was it intern? Was it family, friends? I'm just curious, where was that initial spark for Kim? Sure. Yeah. For me, it was definitely not specifically about marketing, but more about just understanding people and their relationship with each other and products and services. And so in college, I studied sociology and psychology just because it was what I was most interested in. Um, and then it was more a question of what does that translate into from a career perspective? Uh, and so pretty quickly identified marketing as a place where it really is about taking that understanding of, of people and what drives them with business. Um, and uh, was most interested in how to take that understanding of people and what drives them and use it to connect them with products or services that would change their lives in a positive way. Uh, and so that was where a lot of the uh, genesis originally came from. And I, I like to think I found my love of marketing really in my first brand consulting job at Landor Associates. And that really taught me the fundamentals of how do you really understand what is driving a segment of people and what their needs are? And how do you connect that with a product or service that will meet those needs in a unique way that isn't already in the market and build an entire experience that's meaningful to them around that? Mm. How do you, you know, look, we're, we're in, we're in, we're well into 2022 now. I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to say that a lot for the, for the rest of the year, but we're into 2022. You know, the, the modern day CMO is such an interesting executive to me. It's, it's one of, if not the most unique executive across the leadership team, because you've got to be at this really interesting intersection of collaboration with really every part of the business, mm -hmm. certainly marketing, but finance and sales and IT. And what's that like for you now being the CMO at Coursera and, and just marketing with moves with such velocity now? We're just going so fast. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know kind of how you approach marketing as a marketing leader at this intersection of collaboration. How do you do that so well? I, that's one of my favorite parts of the job, actually, is, and maybe this goes back to some of what drove my interest in marketing. I think marketing is an amazing field that allows you to combine that interest in understanding people and empathy and creativity and storytelling along with hardcore data and analytics and technology. But ultimately, when you think about the role, it's just how do you take the skill sets that you can offer in marketing and help drive the business forward? And so I never start from a marketing perspective. I try to start from a you know, why does this business and service exist? What value is it providing in the world? What are the business goals we need to achieve in order for it to have a bigger impact in the world? And then what can marketing do to support that growth and uh, make it have more meaning in the world? And so I like to always start from the business point of view, and then it's much more just about what unique perspectives, understanding assets can I, can I and my team bring to bear to drive the business forward. How do you kind of how do you view and maybe it's more tactical or, or just higher level, but just building trust with executives, building trust with CEO across the board, moving so fast, a lot of technology, a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Um, also managing teams. Like how are you building trust across the ELT? Yeah, I think a lot of it is that alignment piece. So, and this is, you know, not something that I control, but we have a really great planning, annual planning process. And so every spring we go through a three-year strategy process that's really future looking. And we look, we do a SWOT analysis, we look at trends and competitors and say, where do we think the world's going to be in three years? And therefore, where do we think Coursera is going to be in three years? And what are each of our roles? So we we first look at it at the company level. 
and we align on that and we go through debates about that and we go through what are the biggest opportunities. And so that that kind of debate and alignment creates alignment. And then from there, each of us as functional leaders say, what does that mean for my department? And what are we on the hook to contribute if this is where we think the world is going to be in three years and where Coursera needs to be in three years? So it starts there. And then we go into the annual planning process, which is much more, okay, we need to, these are the business objectives we're going to meet next year. And we we each have to kind of put on that CEO hat and create an actual business model and financial model for the coming year, which forces us to think not just about our functions, but across all functions and have some of those tough trade-off conversations. So it really forces us each to think as business owners and then have that kind of shared commitment about what each of us is signing up to contribute to hit those goals. And then we obviously operate on quarterly OKRs, um, objectives and key results that we align on at the company level first. And we each have you know, aspects of that we own and contribute. So I think there's a lot of company process in that kind of annual planning process that forces that alignment. And then I know what I'm on the hook to contribute and my role in it. And I also know what everyone else is. So we also can, you know, support each other when there's problems or challenges and and figure out, you know, what we need to do to to drive the business forward. Taking it a step into kind of this, the age old, you know, thing we always hear about, which is sales and marketing alignment, you know, and I always love that. I love asking marketing leaders and executives this in general, (laughs) but I love asking CMOs this question because it's interesting to kind of hear, we all know that it exists. Now, if you fast forward to today, there's a lot of technology that's available. Visibility between sales and marketing is vastly different than it used to be. Yeah. What are some of the things you do as a marketing leader to really tightly align with sales? And maybe there's some a story or an example you can share around that. Sure. So first of all, ignorance is bliss. So my background was much more on consumer marketing and I had done some enterprise marketing, but certainly not an expert. Um, and so I've learned tremendously as since Coursera does both. Um, in a robust way. And so uh, the sales leader, luckily, is one of my best friends um, in the company. And oh, that's nice. <laughs> she and I get along great. And we were very comfortable having a conversation about like, your team really dropped the ball here. Your team really dropped the ball there. And like, how do we fix this? Or it seems like we're not aligned here. How do we fix that? So I uh, have been told now through all the people I've recruited and being in this space about what a challenge that is typically. Um, but I think that has really dovetailed into our organization. So luckily it hasn't really been a problem. Um, and we also have one of our values, which gets to your last question is play for team Coursera, which I think we all truly really believe in, which is just the mission of Coursera is much bigger than what any one of us is trying to do. And if marketing's not doing the most effective thing to close deals, then we're not doing our job. And if you know sales is wasting energy by not taking the leads that we're providing, then either they're wasting energy on their side and they could be closing more deals or we're not doing our job, right? So it's just that shared commitment to the end result, I think, that makes the biggest difference. And we definitely have, one of the things that's unique too is we actually have the sales development team within marketing at Coursera. And I know that that's sometimes goes both ways and is oftentimes in sales, but it is a it is a, between myself and our enterprise marketing leader, um, Leah, our enterprise leader and our sales operations team, you know, we're constantly just looking at that funnel and saying, how, where is their wastage overall? And ultimately, I think it all, we also have shared alignment from a metric perspective because one of the most, so w- when Jeff, our CEO, looks at me, he says, your two goals are make sure we continue to drive revenue more than 30% a year and make sure we keep sales and marketing as an expense of revenue closer under 30% every year. And so our destiny is shared, right? Like I can't do that without the sales and marketing system 
working as efficiently as possible together. And so that I think really drives a lot of alignment. So the SDR roles are rolling up to marketing. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. We've had, I'm thinking one, one other CMO that's, that's done that. I haven't seen it super common across the board, but I think it's really smart when, when it just makes a lot of sense, especially today. So that's pretty awesome. Now, you're rewinding the tape a little bit, you know, kind of outside looking in before you started at Coursera, you see this opportunity, you're going to join them on the marketing side. Describe the kind of the the things you saw and then your, your first 90 days in the role as CMO. Yes. Yeah, so a couple of different perspectives. So um, one, when I joined Coursera had just hired our first CMO. I was hired as director of brand and my counterpart was hired as director of acquisition and retention marketing. The move for me was very much, I knew I wanted to be somewhere smaller where I felt like I could have bigger impact in, but still have the same scale that I had experienced from Facebook. And so uh, Coursera was this amazing blend of, you know, education may not be the solution to every problem, but it's part of the solution to every problem. And it is just one of the most powerful forces for humanity and driving us forward. And Coursera is uniquely positioned to have a type of impact at global scale. It can truly impact everyone, but in such a deep way, which is really unique. So, so that and the culture was a lot of what drew me to Coursera initially. Um, and I like to call my first you know, year and a half probably at Coursera as my great rotation program. And it was really that orientation, right? So Coursera had never had a marketing department and, you know, until two months before I joined and they, you know, Coursera's has always had partners with some of the most strong brands in the world with these amazing institutions that we partner with. And so they knew brand was important, but not really what marketing all entailed or could do for the company. And so first was, you know, working on our original brand strategy and things like our vision statement and codifying our mission statement and things like that. But then very quickly, we started to uh, have some pricing changes and product changes. And so I was like, this is what product marketing does. We need product marketing. And so I did that for three months and then hired someone. And then we were doing our partners conference and it was like, this is what partner marketing does. Let's, uh, this could be a lot stronger here. Let me hire someone to do that. And then we're launching an enterprise business that needs marketing too. Here's what that looks like. And meanwhile, my counterpart in acquisition retention was saying, you know, here's what SEO can do for the business. Here's what paid digital can do for the business. Here's what affiliate marketing can do for the business and scaling that way. So it really was kind of us figuring out what was the biggest business challenge on the table. And then how could we use different marketing skill sets to uh, bring value to the company? And that's how the team really evolved and expanded. So you got in, got some experience, rotated around, then evolved into the the leader, marketing leader. And I want to hear about the transition from kind of individual contributor to marketing leader, and then your first 90 days of what was that like? What are some of the things you did? Sure. So what was interesting about the transition, so I'd been at Coursera a couple of years. Um, Jeff, our current CEO, had started a few months prior. Um, A lot of our executive team transitioned at that point in time. And so I actually was originally in an interim position, kind of representing the marketing team on the executive team, but not in the formal CMO role. Um, And so I was in that type of position for about six months before formally getting the role. So the first thing was just, we're in totally uncharted territory with peers that I've worked with for a long time. How do I make sure that they feel like our function is still, you know, working effectively and represented well, 
on the leadership team. Um, and that actually, I think, allowed me to build a lot of trust with my peers before I was stepping into that role. And then really, once I was in that role, um, I, I had the blessing of having those marketing leaders around me who are all very expert in their domains that are not my domain. And so, you know, one of the key lessons that I learned right off the bat was, you know, we always hear people say, hire people who are smarter than you. And, and I may not have hired them all, but they certainly were smarter than me in their respective areas. And so the, it much very quickly became much more about what can I, how do I empower each of them to do what they are trying to do? And how can I learn from each of them? And then how do I pull the pieces together at the higher level to um, bring the overall strategy together? Hmm. So a lot of observation in the in, in the early days, and you had a lot of support. You said marketing leaders around you. Can you think of maybe like an early win, like when you in, maybe in the first as you're into the CMO role now? Yeah. What, what's like an early win campaign or something, a strategy? You're like, this was okay. You're on the right path, and you know, because one thing I want to mention is. You know, the CMO role is also a role where you may not be there very long. You look at a lot of CMOs yeah. and it's like, it's either the, the quickest tenure role, they're either in yeah. for a rebrand, a reorg, or they retire, you know? So it's yeah. like, you've you've been there seven years. You've, yeah. that, and again, in tech, it's a long time. In the CMO role, it's a long time. Like you've established that you're able to do some interesting things. So yeah. talk us through some of the early wins and then talk us through some of the most recent wins. Yeah, the earliest win was really the initial alignment towards the business strategy. And that was actually, I think, part of why, a big part of why I got the CMO role to start with. So we were doing our three-year strategy sessions and looking at where we needed the business to be in three years. And it was this like one cell in an Excel that I remember very distinctly, which was we knew that we were going to be deep in online degrees and we knew how many online degree students we were going to need. And our entire business model is based on the idea of increasing access and lowering cost of degree programs. And the reason that we're able to do that is by keeping our sales and marketing expense low. So in that sense, the efficiency of the marketing solution is baked into the actual product value proposition. And so uh, it didn't it didn't take long to recognize, well, if we need to keep our costs low, the reason we're able to do that is because we're able to pull from the existing population of people who have come to Coursera, which means that the real key to being able to drive this in the future is how many registrants we have on the platform that we can remarket to in organic and owned ways. And so that is the foundation of our entire marketing strategy, which is how do we continue to scale and attract a lot of low cost or free registrants to Coursera at the top of the funnel through the power of our brands, through the power of the platform. And then over time, develop that lifelong relationship with them to get them to the right degree programs, certificate programs, or even enterprise offering over time. And so that was kind of the fundamental moment where I think it solidified the role marketing would play in our strategy. And from there, that has really been the foundation of our strategy ever since. Wow. And then how about fast forwarding to just more recent things. I mean, the world is changing rapidly and I want to know, you know, what's what's it been like the last couple of years for you and Coursera and what's some kind of interesting wins you've had leading up to now 2022? Yeah, so I think the name of the game has been agility. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Well said, yeah. And I do think that certainly this is not just marketing, this is the company as a whole, but marketing definitely needs to, to pivot quickly and be agile. But uh, when the world shut down, obviously many things changed, but within our world, almost every university around the world and every school around the world shut down immediately overnight and was unprepared. And so 
Uh, this is really the at the executive level, but we, within a couple of weeks, uh, created an entirely new free offering through our COVID response, campus response initiative that enlisted thousands of universities around the world. Any university could sign up. Any wow. student from a university around the world could sign up to get access to Coursera for free. And that entire initiative and launch was pulled off within a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, and so it was really just how fast the, the world was changing rapidly. What was our role in serving during that time and how can we execute? And so everyone shifted focus to that. And then, you know, the next big thing was the unemployment crisis. And so similarly, we learned what we had done from the campus initiative um, and uh, created a workforce recovery initiative that enabled governments to use Coursera for free to any unemployed uh, people in their populations. And so similarly, that was another real moment. And I think you know, on the consumer side, we also were able to offer a lot of our courses for free in different ways and um, do a lot of work around scholarships. And so just across the board, we were able to really focus on what we needed to execute that was most important in that moment. And I think that has really driven the evolution across time as we all go through, you know, now it's the great resignation, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, Mm -hmm. the better side, I think, of the unemployment crisis. Um, but now it's a fascinating time because everyone is really questioning what do they want to do with their life and, and what do they want to do with their work now that there are so many different options available. And so we also have a really meaningful role to play there and are working uh, rapidly with our especially industry partners to pull together professional certificate programs that prepare people in you know six to eight months for $40 a month for high demand jobs in a whole variety of industries. And so, uh, you see, agility is kind of the the key, I would say. Yeah. And being really on top of what, where the sentiment of the population is, where different challenges are taking place. It's also interesting as a global company because different markets are moving at different paces as well with shutdowns and pandemic and all of that, which has kept us on our toes. Wow. I love that strategy of, it it seems like at the high level, it was like, okay, how can we provide more value? How can we really serve more people in more creative ways instead of, you know, a lot of businesses and industries contracted, they, you know, okay, what do we do? We got to make sure we take care of our our own people and figure that out. Well, it seems like Coursera was very much like, okay, let's give even more value. Let's give it to them for free. Let's figure out how we can make it even more accessible for people. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Going right back to the customer and right back to the people that drive the brand anyway. And so I just love that. And I think was that was that an easy conversation at the leadership level or were there kind of opposing opinions like, hey, we should probably zig if you're saying we should zap? <laughs> um, it was relatively easy considering, and I think it was only that way because it's so embedded in our mission, which is, you know, universal access to the world's best learning. And so, um, however, there were definitely interesting conversations about, you know, this is going to have a real negative impact on deals in our pipeline for this part of the business. But I think there was alignment in the belief that long-term it's the right thing to do. And like, this is a, you know, moment in time and, you know, these people will all become our future learners, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, in an interview that you did a couple of years ago, you mentioned that you you try to build a team that is as passionate as possible. <laughs> and I'm curious, I know the folks that will tune in and listen to this are going to be curious. What are some of the things that you look for when kind of building that higher performance team, looking for someone, how do you know they're passionate and going to be a good fit for that? 
Yeah, I, I would say it's two things. And one is a lot easier when you're a company like ours that's so mission-driven. And the second is more definitely generalizable. Um, the first being uh, just what's their why, right? So pretty much everyone at Coursera has some connection to our mission in a meaningful way. And it is you know, an easy one to get behind when you're trying to transform lives through learning. But having people be able to articulate why that means something to them and why they're excited about Coursera is a key one. Um, and I think the second one, which is, is very generalizable, is just um, that growth mindset, right? Like, how are they interested in growing as a person? How do they? How have they shown that they have iterated and learned and are focused on maximizing that impact? So those are another few of our Coursera values learn, change, grow and maximize impact. So we really look for people who are focused, not on, you know, what existed before, but what's the most important thing to get done and how they've been able to gravitate towards that and show impact in that and how they've learned and grown from those experiences. And so those are some of the, the areas. How do you keep a team passionate, you know, about the company and the goals of Coursera? I think it comes back to those two areas, right? So um, one is just how do we, and marketing has a key role to play in this across the company, but how do we make sure we're telling this, you know, we get to be on the front lines, hearing stories from our learners all the time, but how do we bring those to life for people internally and externally? Um, and then from a growth perspective, it's ultimately about how, like, how does this fulfill me as a human, what I'm doing day to day, which is really about connecting to the mission. And then how do I feel like I'm growing as an individual, as an employee, um, in my career and in the work that I do. And so, um, you know, we also are a learning company. And so we do focus a lot and have a lot of great assets in terms of using our own platform for professional development programs, um, as well as, you know, things like tuition reimbursement to Coursera degree programs and things like that. So there are a lot of opportunities to learn and grow. And we really try to focus on that individual growth um, as a key part of, of retention as well. Mm. In terms of just you know, this idea and concept that I think can be very real depending on the brand and the strategy, but, you know, predicting growth, mm -hmm. you know, predictable growth. And it's something I know that as a marketing leader, you hear a lot about certainly, but I'm just curious about your relationship with it. Yeah. Because um, again, I see someone like you has tenure in the role, has has the background, but has stayed and continues to grow with a really cool brand. There's some key learnings in there. So... As we go through the planning process, uh, we definitely look at for each aspect of our business. And we, we talk about um, different revenue segments. So we talk about our consumer segment, our degree segment, and our enterprise segment. Um, and within each of those, have a pretty good sense of you know, what are the levers that drive growth within this. So enterprise is a really predictable business, right? So as long as you can supply the demand, you kind of know productivity of salespeople. And if you have more people, you have more revenue and you just need to make sure that you can fulfill that demand at a reasonable cost. Um, in degrees, it's really straightforward. Also, it's the number of students you're able to recruit, um, which is directly about you know, the number of programs that you have and the size of those programs and all of that. And then on consumer, um, it's much, it is more complex in the sense that it's, it's both about uh, the top of the funnel as well as retention in a much more meaningful way. Um, and so, predictability is really, and the content for, for our business, which is largely a content business, it's also a lot about making sure you have the right content pieces on the shelf, right? And so we look at those levers and those are levers that we monitor and build into our plans. So when we build our three-year model, when we build our one-year models, 
those all have targets. Um, and so we're, we're constantly monitoring our performance against those um, and, and trying to build tactics and tools where if we need to accelerate something here or there, we have those you know, capacity opportunities or, or kind of expansion opportunities if we need to pull on them. What's your view on kind of hiring externally or high, you know, agency versus hire someone? Like I know that's been, it's an interesting balance with a lot of marketing leaders and I'm sure you've seen all, all different shapes and sizes coming from the agency side and then working at a brand now. What's your view of that now in 2022? I don't have a overall point of view one way or the other. The way we have approached that has always been more what is the most efficient way we can get the best outcome that we need, right? And it's- uh, Fair enough, yeah. And there are many instances, right? So you could talk about that in terms of sales development reps. You could talk about that in terms of enrollment counselors. You could talk about that in terms of creative resources. You could talk about that in terms of event resources or um, content writers, right? And so, and it also matters how well-established that tactic or tool is, right? So are we early in experimenting with something new, in which case we've often started with more- freelancer contract support. And then once it proves that it's going to drive a lot of value, then we expand it rapidly. So it's definitely kind of a nail and scale approach. So I would nail with more freelance support and scale with more full-time support. But even within that, you know, the, the larger equation is just how do we get the job done in the best way possible at the, at the lowest cost? We've always been a global company. We're much more global now than we were before, but there's also a geolocation aspect to that that is especially relevant in today's world where uh you know i think it, i think where in the past it's been potentially less expensive to outsource now that we are hiring people all over the world i think there's going to be more opportunity to have that be more efficient actually to hire in lower cost locations which will be interesting as well mm. you mentioned in also in past interviews that you love hearing unique stories uh, like from people who use Coursera. Yes. In that vein, is is there any story or stories that kind of stood out to you that made you even rethink your marketing strategy? Yeah. So there are tons of amazing ones. Um, one of the, I think from early on when I started doing learner stories and, you know, the fun part early on, I was the one going and traveling to the shoots and doing the interviews, um, which was good because it really grounds you in what Coursera is all about, but what is so special about Coursera learners and customers and partners is it's not about the transactional, I learned something. It's about what emotionally that it completely transforms someone's life in terms of their outlook on life because of that. It's about the control it gives them over their destiny. It's about the agency. It's about the feeling of empowerment. Um, and so that has really shaped a lot of our brand generally. Um, but, but more recently, we uh, have this amazing learner story from this woman, Yvonne, who uh, raised five kids and had health challenges and so wasn't able to complete her degree. And she took the Google IT support certificate and launched her career you know, after all of that now um, in the IT industry. And she, uh, she has this quote of, you know, I thought it was just a learning platform. It turned out to be a path to self-sufficiency. Um, and that's so much what we hear in our learners. Um, and so a lot of the uh, campaign, we did a campaign in the fall that was about rethinking possibilities and, and that. And um, this year, uh, the campaign platform that we're really working through is, is all about that feeling when, when you know you can ace that interview, when you know you have the skills for the job, when you realize you can actually go 
dream like you could when you were a kid. And so it's that feeling that we're really trying to capture. And that's directly from the way that our learners talk about the product. That's awesome. What about kind of shifting into just things you're experimenting on, you know, trends, obviously the show's called marketing trends. So I'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on some of these things. Obviously a lot of buzzwords last year around AI and machine learning and things like that. Um, Are there things that you're testing, seeing success in, you know, give us some of the kind of insider scoop on what you're, what you're excited about in terms of trends and experiments. Sure. Yeah. This is less new, but we're all in on, you know, AI targeting and kind of the marrying of, um, and it's back to the system, right? So our, our entire marketing system is attract a lot of residents, low cost. And then we work really closely with our data science and technology teams to build the right targeting models then that predict when that person is in a new stage in their journey, looking for a degree or a certificate program or, you know, an enterprise buyer. And that's how we, that's how kind of our entire marketing system is delivered. And then we build, you know, the right messages to, to map to those people through the right channels. Um, so not new, but all in on as far as, uh, you know, AI driven marketing in terms of targeting and merchandising and all of that. Again, not super new, but as we have gotten much deeper in degrees and certificate programs, we're doing a lot more of enrollment services. And I'm just interested in more like messaging platforms like WhatsApp and things like that as we'll start to use them for more outreach directly to prospective students, Um, especially as, you know, if we look at markets like India, that's really the only way to communicate. Um, So I think that that will be really interesting. And then I think we are doing a lot of kind of foundational kind of uh, work to make sure that our, you know, databases all sync together across our consumer and enterprise business, um, so that we are able to uh, keep track of kind of where people are in segments and all that. So there's a lot of kind of CRM work um, happening on that front. Do you have any favorite kind of Martech tools, either from a leader perspective or just marketing perspective? There's like a million of them I know, but I'm always curious. I don't know if it's a favorite yet, but the latest new addition that we're relying on heavily is Hive for a lot of our um, project management. So as the business has grown a lot, we just need a consolidated way to understand the entire marketing roadmap, which kind of dovetails into all of the operational work that the team does. Um, And so uh, that is what we are aligning everyone on right now. Okay. I've heard of Hive. Okay. Shout out to Hive. So Kim, working in education you obviously get a lot of case studies and success stories. What do you look for in a story when it comes to marketing and getting new clients to decide that Coursera is the right choice? We touched on this a little bit, but to me, it's all about how far out you can get in the outcome that it's driven. And uh, I think of it as kind of a a ripple effect. Um, And so when we talk about sourcing stories or case studies for our team, I like to talk about, you know, first is just the transactional impact, right? So I came to Coursera, I took this course and I learned this thing. Then there's the career impact, which is more meaningful. So I came to Coursera, I took this course and I got a new job I love or something like that. Then there's the emotional impact, which is, you know, I came to Coursera, I took this course, I got a new job and I realized that I'm in control of my future and anything is possible. And then there's the like family and community impact, which is a couple ripples beyond that, which is, you know, I came to Coursera, you know, I changed my life. And as a result, I'm now reinvesting that in doing something amazing for my community or starting a nonprofit, or that's, you know, inspiring my kids through my own journey and that it's never too late to be who you want to be. Um, and so when we look for these stories, that's always what I'm pushing the team to do is, is how far out in that ripple can we get? Because these are some incredibly inspiring 
stories and um, and it comes across certainly in the individual perspective, uh, but also in an institutional perspective when you have stories of of governments and campuses and companies working together to transform employment opportunities for a country or something like that. Um, and one example that I, I is an older one, but that I always refer to that I love is this woman named Balesh who was in India and she took this uh, psychology course and there was this day of compassion that was part of it where they were supposed to go out in the community and do something positive. And she went and started teaching young kids in rural India about sexual abuse. I mean, it became her, it completely transformed her life. It became her career. And she has gone on to tour around communities in rural, rural India, teaching about sexual abuse and, and truly kind of, you know, transforming lives for these kids. And so that's just a really nice example. And in that, she actually talks about the ripple effect of what her own education has done. And I love that story. That's awesome. That is to me, one of the many benefits you get as in your role is hearing so many stories, seeing so many things, you know, come alive for people right. in various ways. I mean, I think that, you know, resting well at night, knowing that, I mean, the impact <laughs> you're making is so huge, you know, um, which is amazing. And you mentioned motherhood. So you have some kiddos? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Seven and a half, almost five and just turned two and a dog. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We have, we have four under the age of four. Oh, oh my gosh. So I have a three-year-old from a, from a previous, my partner is a three-year-old who's 10 days older than my three-year-old. And then she has wow. twins that are two. That's amazing. So it's like, it's basically two sets of twins at our house and a dog. That's amazing. So, yeah. I, I feel you there. Um, I think there needs to be a marketing leader group for like parents, like yeah. CMO. If you're a CMO and a yeah. parent, it's a whole different game. Yes. So totally. Um, Awesome. Okay. So let's get into the lightning round. We have a couple fun questions for you. Uh, but Kim, this has been an exceptional conversation. I mean, I knew that leading, kicking off 2022 with you would be really cool. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay. So lightning round uh, marketing trends podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com forward slash marketing. We have Kim Kaldbeck in the house, lightning round, CMO of Coursera. First question, what is the most unusual Coursera course you know of? This is a really fun one because there are some great ones. So University of Alberta, Canada has some gems with Dino 101, Bugs 101, and Mountains 101. Oh, wow. And they're all fantastic. They're really highly rated. Uh, so those are great. And then I had too much fun with this question. So um, there's also a new one is Space Medicine from Duke University. So go figure out what that exactly means. Wow. Um, okay. And then another crowd favorite is a uh, dog cognition and emotion. Sorry, dog, dog emotion and cognition. Wow. Um, there, and, and there's a horse course. So, so that's just a sampling. It's <laughs> amazing. Okay. Um, what was your favorite class as a kid in elementary school? So the joke here, I work in education. I had to text my mom last night and be and ask her, you know, what do you remember what my favorite course was? And her answer, I was like, do you think it was science? And her answer was recess. So you can, you can take what you awesome. want from that. Thanks, mom. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what's your favorite new social media channel? Oh, man. Uh so we're experimenting with a lot of things, but so less. I'll dabble in things, but uh, I'm I'm pretty old school when it comes to my social media channels, especially coming from Facebook. So uh, it's not new, but I, you know, Instagram would be my default and I'm excited about WhatsApp for work, especially. So not super exciting stuff, uh, but um, I'll stick with this. 
Okay. Best advice for a first-time CMO? Yeah, I think really one of the themes from this conversation too has just been focus on what the business's role is in the world, why why it should exist, what value it's providing, and then how marketing can help it meet its business objectives. So if you really start with that, you know, why, what value are we providing in the world and how can marketing help increase that value from the, for the company overall? I think that's a really winning place to start from. Um, and then obviously just, you know, deeply understand your audiences and that those needs and those pain points and how you can meet them. Um, and then definitely marketing is one of the most complex fields with all kinds of skill sets. So definitely don't try to know everything and recruit people who know more than you in the areas where you have less experience. Hmm. Solid, solid wisdom. What Coursera class do you want to take next? So there are many classes. I actually just finished an amazing inclusive leadership course that I highly recommend. Um, but next on the docket, there's actually some great marketing classes as well that I wanted to share with this group. So there is a great uh, social media marketing certificate from Facebook Meta. And then another one that I want to take since I don't I have less experience in this area is the sales development uh, representative professional certificate program from Salesforce, um, who has also been a phenomenal partner in creating some um, great job entry level certificates uh, for learners around the world. Oh, that's awesome. Shout out to Salesforce. We love you. Yes. We also love them from a marketing tool perspective. So they are yes. critical to making our CRM work as well as our marketing automation. <laughs> that's awesome. They're definitely our favorite. They, um, and they sponsor like eight of our shows. They're an incredible partner and brand and we love working with them. They establish thought leadership across a lot of really interesting things. And yeah. so we're, we're bullish on Salesforce too. So that's awesome. Thank you, Kim. Appreciate you again for being here. This has been just such an insightful conversation and I'm excited to see where you and Coursera heads the next year. But thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.